Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Gamut of Solomon podcast. I'm your host, Solomon, and I'm very grateful to be able to share these meaningful conversations with people close to me. If you'd like to stay up to date with more information, such as blogs or podcasts, check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A.com. Or check me out on social media where I put out the word about my podcasts. Thank you. I'm here with Austin Quick, otherwise known as the Basic Catholic on Instagram and Twitter. He's got a very popular page, and I wanted to connect with him after he reached out to me after one of the posts I put out a while ago, and I thought it would be a perfect conversation to have with this awesome guy, uh, considering also I went to a Catholic school, and a lot of my friends follow you on Instagram and wanted to talk a little bit about yourself, how you started the Basic Catholic, which is a very popular Instagram page. Uh, I don't have a Twitter, so I don't know how popular it is on there, but I know for Instagram, you got some cool stuff on there. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you. And yeah, I think it was about, what, six months ago, nine months ago, I came across your uh, podcast. I was pretty excited about uh, what you were doing. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a privilege to be here today. Thank you. My, my first question is, why the basic Catholic? <laughs> well, so for those people that can't see me, I uh, like coffee shops, uh, Ray-Bans, Apple products, Bose products. <laughs> so I, I have a particular uh, brand of things I like, and so my friends would continue to call me basic. And so I was looking for a, a handle on Instagram. It just kind of seemed uh, fitting. So... I, and when I started it, it was just my personal page, just me, uh, with my friends. So it was kind of meant to be funny and tongue-in-cheek, and now it's become kind of a weird How long ago? Of itself. Well, the page was started about three years ago, but it's really hit off in the last, like, I would say nine months to a year. What? So what, what did you do to kind of really take it off and get, uh, you know, a lot of Catholic people to follow? And uh, as you say, I like how you say on the um, – on your kind of bio, saints and sinners, welcome. Well, yeah, so again, it was it was just my personal page. It was not meant to be anything other than just my you know Instagram, just like anybody else has an Instagram. And mm-hmm. uh, this summer, I had the opportunity to live in Europe, and I spent a month specifically in Rome. And I'm not a shy person, and was able to kind of get in with very powerful, very uh, powerful, uh, popular Catholic leaders. And so I started going in like asking them to do a video with me real quick and like just saying something to the church and talking to the youth around the country and the world and and that's what I started doing and people started noticing it and that's where it just kind of built up steam and now it's like I said it's taken a, a its own kind of reality now that it is something almost way bigger than me so do you so do you reach out to a bunch of other uh, other kind of Catholic leaders and whatnot and get them on Yes. Yeah, so what happened was, I, uh, for example, I, I, I make friends anywhere I go. So it's one of those things where I became friends with this particular priest. He was very well connected and invited me to go to what's called the consistory. A consistory is, happens once a year typically, and it's where the Pope makes new cardinals, so new princes of the church. Uh, and I got to go to that. Afterwards, I'm, you know, my cassock and surplus, and I'm, I'm in the Vatican, and I'm, I'm in the VIP section with all the other cardinals in the big world that are at this, this particular service. Uh, and I would go up to people, obviously, you know who they are, and just like introduce myself and say, hey, I run this Instagram account. Do you want to do like a video with me quick? Uh, one of them in particular was uh, Cardinal Serra. He's the head of uh, the 
the Congregation for Divine Worship. He's uh, from Africa, but he so he's in charge of all things like church liturgy in the world. He's in charge of it. It's very popular. Uh, so he was one. Uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke, who is an American. Uh, he's I got to hang out with him. I actually got to go to his apartment and hang out with him for a couple hours, which was pretty epic. So people would see this and they were like, just kind of, who is this random guy all of a sudden getting all these things? And it just again, it took a it took off. Very cool. What what's the what kind of drew you to to not only build the kind of platform, but also the calling of the Catholic faith and wanting to spread all the stuff that you learn and teach? Well, I guess it's important to kind of start from the beginning, which is why you and I have a like I felt the connection with you is I was actually raised Jewish. Uh, I'm, I, my mother's Jewish, so I'm I'm the real deal. I'm a a card-carrying member of AEPI, <laughs> but uh, um, it was when I was in the, I joined the military out of high school, and I really, through a job I had in high school, I started feeling this desire to become Catholic, and I didn't know what that was, um, and then when I was in boot camp, I, if you went to, if you went to mass on Sundays, you got out of doing drills, so I would go to mass on Sundays, even though I wasn't Catholic, uh, and it kind of just started this kind of three-year process, and I ended up three years later joining the church, um, and then from that point, the priest that brought me into the church, he was the one who really pushed me that he thought I was called to be a priest. And so that kind of started this about 12-year process now that I've been in and out of the seminary uh, and just kind of discerning where God wants me to be. So I have an outgoing personality and using the, those gifts, I, I just, where I'm at, if I can use it to evangelize the world and just spread positive uh, truth to people, I, I do it in any way. And I, I guess from a, from a Christian perspective, I, I believe, you know, I get a lot of from some people about Instagram being just fake and it's not really you, you know it's not real relationships with people my point always is that Jesus Christ was walking the earth right now he would use Instagram he would use any means necessary to reach out to people and I hope to use the same thing I like how you said that at the very end as well it's very cool you mentioned you were in the, the Marine Corps I was in the Navy but my specialty is Marine Combat Skills Specialist yeah so I spent most of my time with Marines at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina Wow. Right. Cool. So how do, how do you, so what, what are the things that really draw you in with the teachings that, you know, that you, you have the bunch of the, the priests you're around that really kind of guided you and showed you all the things that, that interest you, but what, what was there kind of a, a turning moment that you were like, that yeah, this is something I really got to go into. Yeah, it was when I, there was this job I wanted to do when I was, since I was a child. And when I left the military the first time, because I was in twice, times active duty, um, I got this, my dream job at 22 years old, making a lot of money, um, was living in a place I really loved. And it was in that first six months, I started feeling this like itch of like, I think I'm called to be a priest. And it was very frustrating and very scary. Um, and like I said, that was in 2000, that would have been 2006. And that kind of started this on and off thing with the church and looking at the priesthood and feeling called to the priesthood, but hitting roadblocks and kind of just battling uh, just, you know, the, the typical human things that you deal with in life. And I, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've really encountered a lot in my life is I feel I'm very blessed from God and I got a lot of gifts. And a lot of times people misjudge that and a lot of, I deal with a lot of jealousy, which is always kind of frustrating actually. Uh, so um, yeah, it's just been, a, like I said, it's been about 12 years of on and off in seminary, and I've, I've gotten another degree out of it. Uh, so, yeah. 
I, I'm kind of done with school for now, at least for the, the, the immediate future. Yeah, I feel you. No, it's, um, I'm sure you deal with a lot of criticism always on both sides kind of thing, but with your outgoing personality, you know, you're able to stay strong in what you believe. So Absolutely. I was you a lot for that. And you were mentioning, uh, I also noticed you have like a, a website kind of coming up soon. What, what are you looking to launch on the, the basic Catholic website? So one of the things that I have done in the past, and again, is before this all took off, was I have been on the speaking circuit before. I've been to schools and, and parishes around the country and been brought in to do different talks on various subjects, typically geared towards guys, uh, either high school aged or college age guys. Um, so I thought now that I have the opportunities to build out a platform so people can get a hold of me easier and kind of have that as a landing site for people. So it's kind of in a work in progress right now as I figure those things out. But I wanted to make sure I got a big uh, website. So I got the domain, uh, the basic Catholic at, or excuse me, at the basic Catholic dot NYC. I figured New York City, you know, very basic. You can't have a dot com. That's, that would be just too pedestrian. I didn't know you could do like a N dot NYC. You can't, I have an office when I work, my last job that I worked at, I had an office in Brooklyn. So I have the, since I technically have a Brooklyn address, I can get a dot NYC domain. Wow. Nice. You know, here, I'm just trying to do what I can. <laughs> so it's, it's a balance here. You're, you're balancing, you know, the, 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 the kind of priestly life with, uh, you know, st interacting and, you know, the balance with life and society as well, kind of thing. Is it? Is I think at least, sorry. Go ahead. From a Catholic perspective, I do is in that lens. So whether it be the arts, whether it, do, whether it be how I deal with people, how I deal with conflicts, everything comes from the perspective of how I, as a Catholic. So. Um, one thing in particular that changed for me was I appreciate beauty a lot more. It's actually, now when I, like when I was in Madrid this summer, I made a point to make sure I went to the, to the Madrid uh, Art Museum. And uh, I've been, I, my brother lived a block away from the Chicago uh, Art Institute for years and I never went and visited. Now I've been like 10 times probably in the last year and a half. Uh, but that's an example, a small example of just my Catholic, my Catholicity kind of forms the view that I have of the world and how I deal with things. and. And so that means that everything I do has to look at being a, a light uh, and spreading that that uh, that positive. I don't say like positive vibes because this is not like Eastern spirituality of like oh just be good you know good vibes. Uh, but no, like but being a positive uh, example for others. And, how, and I think the biggest thing that I have hopefully shown to people is you know my life has been very blessed indeed, but I've also dealt with my fair share of adversity. And it's how you handle those things I think are the test of a real person. So even for people that are not Catholic, if they can just see by my example, here's mm -hmm. a guy that's trying to live his best life and look at, you know, how we've been blessed with things. And I don't know, I just try to do my part every day. Yeah, I mean, we all start from somewhere and, you know, even if it's, if we start with more of a kind of blessings than others, you could say, <laughs> it means it's, it's, it's our time to help much faster. <laughs> how, how do you deal with, um, find with the the teachings of the church with like you you mentioned a little briefly i mean you get uh, you might get a lot of criticism about religion and a lot of the way some of our some parts of the world are kind of going away from religion how do you bind 
you know, unity from the t church teachings and the whole kind of world as one with what the ch church really teaches. Well, I think that's one of the difficult things that a lot of Catholics face. I think a lot of people of faith in general face is that the world is changing very rapidly and, and I, would, I would argue uh, pretty drastically in a, in a place that is not necessarily in line with our views on, on a lot of issues, specifically morality and how we view the world. Um, and that is a difficult thing. But the thing that I remind people when I talk to them is we're not called to live, you know, happy, comfortable lives. We're called to be saints. And to be a saint is, is to lay down one's life for the gospel. And that means there's two ways of doing it. There's the, the martyrdom in the traditional sense of where for uh, 2,000 years people gave up their life for the faith and specifically, you know, and, and died as martyrs. Uh, and then there's the people that's called a white martyrdom where you don't necessarily get die from someone murdering you your faith, but you die a slow death because of the fact that you're just you're an outcast in society because of your views. Um, and I think that's what we're living right now. And that's that's <clears throat> that's where we come from, the, the idea of you name the topic that you can turn on the TV today and see being discussed. I would say 98% of them are things that are contradictory to our Catholic viewpoint of the world and our faith and the way we understand morality. Um, I think a, a prime example would be what's going on in places like New York City, excuse me, New York State, um, with this recent abortion bill. That's one of those things that I've been very outspoken about. I don't know how we can ever look at the sanctity of life when people think it's okay to, to kill a child. I just I just don't agree with that. And I think it's something that we have to be willing to speak out even when it's not popular. Well to summarize, what what are what in your eyes are kind of like the top values per se or morals in the Catholic Church that aren't necessarily always followed around? Well, the one that gets everybody, even Catholics, is contraception. That's always kind of, the, I would say, the most common, even for Catholics who have difficulty understanding or appreciating or even following the teaching. A view on contraception is obviously something where people don't follow necessarily and don't agree with. Um, but that's an example where I think the church has proven itself right again, even if you're not looking at it from the perspective of morality. But look at, I don't know about you, but I have so many friends who are in the early 30s who are trying to have children. And, but they've been on contraception for the last, you know, 18 years since they were kids. Uh, and now they get off the pill and now they can't have children. They're having a really difficult time. And I think that's an example where the church was always right on this, that it's not healthy and not good to put this chemical in your body and trick your body every month for, you know, years and years and years. Um, so that's an example. Obviously, I can get to go down the rabbit hole of gay marriage, uh, those things, uh, the transgender things, all those things are uh, a very blatant example as well, but pretty much anything with the sanctity of life and how we understand human, uh, the human experience and how we understand what it is to, because at the end of the day, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds of theology here, but it's, at the end of the day, we're all striving for the eschaton, right? The eschaton is that is to be in the presence of God. That's ultimately what everything is about, is to be with God. And as Catholics, we believe that there are things that we can do to help us get closer to that opportunity. Um, we do believe that um, there are those. I'm, are, curious, yeah. I'm curious about that because that, that is a big, uh, you know, topic, wanting to be surrounded by that presence. So in, in, in your eyes and in, in the Catholic um, teachings, what is required to really, what principles maybe are there to, to sense that? Because... It's, a, it's an inner sense to be connected 
and I think the word you said is eschatol, to be connected with uh, the godliness that's around us. Well, for us, the, the beauty of the Catholic Church over any other, especially Christian denomination, is we have what's called the Eucharist. We have the belief that what Christ said when he was walking the earth was that the bread and wine that we use in the Mass are actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So we are connected in that intimate way of receiving uh, God physically in the physical form in our bodies and having that connection. Just like a married couple, the closest a couple can be is, is in the, the physical relations. Um, it's a similar thing in that sense of having that physicality with God. Um, so that's where we have a taste of the, of the future, the eschaton of being in heaven uh, with God now here on earth. And that's the godliness. And that's, that, that's the keeping ourselves, excuse me, it's, it's not about perfection, but it's about keeping our, it, the idea is, so we, we believe that the, the box in the Catholic church, you go to a Catholic church, there's a box, usually gold. And that's where anything that's left over from the Eucharist, that the Eucharist is, is left kept that's called a tabernacle uh, obviously it comes from a jewish idea of the, like, the torah the tabernacle and so this is the it's the holy of holies it's this most sacred spot in a church but because of the fact that the eucharist comes inside of us we too are then sacred right and we too are then holy objects and that's where it's about keeping your your life in a certain uh place so you cannot defile the holiness so that's why if you are in a place of mortal sin you don't receive eucharist you don't you don't present yourself for communion um so yeah does that, does that help i don't know yeah no i definitely and um it'll make me want to look into it more so for next time we have a conversation to ask Absolutely. more about that and, and recall the different things i learned uh in the classes that i was required to take at the university of dallas um which by the way congratulations university of dallas is no joke of a school <laughs> thank you very much Huh? I said it's known for being a pretty serious place. Yeah. No, it was a good time for sure. And and opening my um my view of you know not only religion but spirituality and and a kind of everything and I'm big in, in unity and that you know I want to I don't think religions are how, how should I say? you know, all of them are kind of right. They each have a place and that we each need to kind of bring unity together and, and follow similar kind of universal laws to be able to progress to the next kind of in generation of sorts and like what the Torah teaches and, and what I believe is surely coming soon is the time of uh, the Messiah, which we call it when when and and to me that's kind of like when we're all kind of surrounded with this presence that you mentioned the church is striving to to kind of get everyone surrounded by and and i think that requires not a uh focus on what other people might not be doing right which might not be going along with torah or catholic teachings but really focusing on bringing everyone together um so i think i think i think that's an important aspect but i think one thing i'd like to just kind of point out when we're dealing with on the catholic side is there's this kind of been a push for what we now label the church of nice right we're the church of nice so it's just everything's about just being nice and just being pleasant and just smiling and don't hold anybody accountable and just do whatever you want as long as you're happy and everyone's great and i think that's 
for me at least, my perspective is pretty problematic. Um, I think so from, just to give you a little background, I wasn't, I was raised in a very secular Jewish home, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, Judaism was very kind of there culturally, but not really there in a, in a religious sense or any type of theological sense. Uh, it wasn't until I was in college, as already a Catholic, um, when I met a friend who took me to my first Shabbat. And I went to an Orthodox Jewish home for Shabbos for two days. And it was the first time I'd experienced like the spirituality of Judaism. And that really kind of uh, was something very profoundly beautiful, minus getting over not having my phone for a weekend for two days uh, <laughs> and learning some of the cultural idioms. But, but for me, that was one of the biggest moments of my life when it comes to my spirituality and understanding myself as a Catholic was understanding myself through the Orthodox community and kind of having that connection. Cool. Well, what, what is the gift that you believe the Catholic Church is here to share and to bring for everyone? And what is your gift you'd like to share with the world? Huh. Well, uh, the church's gift, if I may be so humble to, uh, to be able to speak on behalf of the church, I think the gift of the church is to be able to bring beauty and joy. And, and this is going to sound like a cliche, but love ultimately. Uh, to love one another, and, and again, yeah, and understanding again. I think sometimes we misunderstand what word the word love is. I, I've given speeches on the fact that we use that word so much, it's kind of lost its meaning, right? You can't love a particular TV show the same way as you love a friend or a family member or a spouse. Um, so it's a word that we think, unfortunately, English is a little limited in its uh, capacity to to provide uh, meaning behind it. Uh, for me personally, uh, again, it's I think to bring the joy and to bring love and to bring uh, excitement. I, I really enjoy getting people on fire. I really enjoy seeing other people. Uh, I guess it's, a, again, a cliche to be the best self, which is why, again, that's an example of the fact that when I first came across your stuff and I started seeing you post something about you're going to do this podcast and I kind of looked a little bit at some of your stuff and I was like, I, I love when I see, especially guys, when I see men who are trying to grow closer to God in a world that tells them, there's no need for any of that. That always to me is something I'm yeah. always going to be supportive of. No, I, I really like, well, one, thank you very much. And I really like how you said that. I kind of want, I know that was usually, that's usually my last question, but I kind of do want you to get into what you said about love. Can you yeah. kind of comment on that? What is your, your definition about that? Because I definitely agree, you know, I'm going to love you a different way than I'm going to love uh, my computer, although unless it's an iMac and it's that new one, it's five thousand dollars. <laughs> although though, although <coughs> a lot of loves, I'm not, I can't say this as like a true belief, but this kind of just came to my mind that there is a f- similar frequency of love for this, and that this technology when i'm loving like this technology the deeper meaning of that is because is is going to the person who created it and what kind of divine uh, spark helped them create it which allows me to connect with somebody like you that's a pretty deep yeah, that's, that's actually really that's so my yeah, so my so my master's, I guess I should say my, my, my master's that I finished a couple years ago is in philosophy. So I enjoy philosophy a lot. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good idea. That's there, you're talking about this metaphysical 
relationship, this idea that we, this connection we have with the inanimate object ultimately puts us in a relationship with the person that came up with it and they created it, right? For me, and this is a, it's actually a pretty simple answer for love. Love is ultimately, so you and I now are just officially like meeting, meeting instead of just like texting back and forth. Uh, now that we have this relationship, even as friends, my job to love the other is to get the other to heaven, is to be with God. That's love. Everything I do in a relationship with anybody is to wish, is to will the good for the other to get them to heaven, is to get them to, to experience the eschaton. Because at the end of the day, when we're in heaven, we're willing, um, nothing's going to matter, right? It's ultimately the ultimate end. Everything is, is, is pushed to this end. Everything is, is geared to the end. Everything is, is pointed to the end. It's to be with God. And that is the ultimate act of love. If I'm doing things that keep someone from that, then I'm not showing them love in that regard. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess I know yeah, I'll give you a good example. This might sound a little tough. Yeah. So I, I will tell you, I'll give you an example of, of tough love. Uh, I have a friend who I was in college with who worked for me uh, in a particular job who came into the church. And I was his godfather. I was his godfather. He was baptized and everything. And uh, I found out about a year and a half ago that he moved in with his girlfriend. As a Catholic, we think cohabitation is not good. Uh, statistically, it says, you know, 80% of couples end in divorce who cohabitate prior to marriage. And so that love I have for him, I was willing to call him up and to literally scream at him for like 30 minutes and just express my, my, my concern and ultimately my disappointment for him. Um, and that, that I didn't think this was the best thing for him. Because at the end of the day, again, to love him is not to just say, do whatever you want, Jeremy, I'm, I'm here for you. It's to say, I love you enough that I'm willing to put my, my own comfort, my own, you know, um, well-being necessarily in, in, in harm's way to be able to put myself out there to you because I love you that much because that is love and so that's where we come up with and actually you can look this up I think it's a it'll be fascinating even for you as a non-catholic but there's a encyclical the last one by Cardinal by uh, Pope Benedict <coughs> and I apologize I have a little bit of a residual cold here but um I residual possibly from a cold I had but uh, there's this encyclical encyclical is like an official teaching of the Pope official writing and Pope Benedict his last one was called Caritas and Veritate I wrote and about it translates that and it translates loosely to truth and charity yeah I had to write a I actually I wrote a that's what I should be talking about next time I wrote a um, there was a social justice class we had and I compared that Caritas and Veritate to uh, Sadaka yeah that actually that'd be, that would be a good that would be a good comparison and I got a hundred a year of Dallas, that's impressive. <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. But um, um, it's one of those things where uh, I think Cardinal, or he said Cardinal, Pope Benedict did a great job of synthesizing what it is to truly love someone. And, and just what it says, Caritas and Veritate, truth and charity. It's this idea that we have to be truthful to people to love someone, to show honest and earnest love to someone else, and not just want to be, again, nice. Uh, and that can and that can be difficult. I can speak from my own personal experience. There are a number of occasions where I put my I've had to be very I've been very humbled about how people react to my my opportunity to love them even more. <laughs> I had a friend the other day that I saw who is getting married outside the church, and uh, he didn't think I was even going to go to his wedding because I was disappointed. And I told him I said I said to his name I said I love you as a, you're my brother. That doesn't mean I'm not going to call you out because at the end of the day, if I didn't, I wouldn't love you. So, yeah, Cartas and Veritata. That's interesting you compare it to Sadaka. It, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, I could send it to you. Man, yeah, that, please, I'd uh, love to see it. Kind of, I might not give you 100, though. 
I, I think this is funny because I asked the question for you that I normally ask last for people, which is, what is the gift they wish to share? But that really just sparked more questions that I want to ask. So we'll definitely have to do this again. Um, thank yeah, you sure. very much for taking the time and for, you know, building something that you believe in. Absolutely. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I'm really excited to see your, your growth. And as I said from the beginning, when I saw what you're doing, I don't even know how I came across it. That's the funny part. But when I came across your stuff, I was like, wow, this is, I, and I, and well, that's be, how the universe guess, works. Exactly. And, I, and just to be candid for a second, and I, I know you've seen this, but I get a lot of, uh, not a lot, but enough that's annoying, uh, hate mail from people because of my Jewish background. And they, they don't like the fact that I highlight that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, my Judaism will always be a part of who I am. And so, I, I'm always, I, that's probably one of the most complicated parts about me is, is finding that line between being a, a, you know, obviously a very strong Catholic, but also I appreciate and love my Jewish family, my Jewish friends. And, and yeah, it's just, I think it makes me a, a better person. And as I joke to everybody is I'm not a convert to the Catholic faith. I'm the fulfillment of the faith as Catholics view it. I'm a, I'm a Jew that's fulfilled, they think. So, uh, so that's an interesting perspective to live in that reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also important for you to believe that too. And that's, that's what love is to me. It's that, it's that unity. It's that bond with all of us. Sure. There are some things that if somebody, like you said, your friend, your tough love or calling him out kind of thing, but it's at the same time, it's also helping somebody listen to their own intuition. That's, that's kind of what love means to me. Absolutely. Well, Salma, I can tell you, I, I know that you are a man that's going to go many places in life and will do a lot of good things. And so I, I, feel, I feel very blessed to be in this part of your life right now and just to kind of witness this beginning stages of your growth. So it, it's very touching for me as well. And I am, I am living proof that nothing is a coincidence in life and people come in your life for a reason. So I'm, and I'm pretty pumped to see where uh, you end up. Thanks, man. That really means a lot. And I definitely look forward to doing this again sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you. Love to have to do it in person sometime. That's yes, what. I would love that because I think the audio kind of the audio uh, was a little scratchy with some. I don't know if it's a Wi-Fi or whatnot, but yeah. Well, let me know what I can do to help, and uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Awesome, man. You take care. See you, brother. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to these wonderful gifts, which I hope have brought you some great value. We have many more guests to come and gifts pour over this world. And don't forget, if you have enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear some more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast or that little star on Outcast. I'm always looking for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, check out SolomonEzra.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter about new podcasts and blogs.